Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Future Tech podcast series. It's me, Charlie Sell, the Group MD of Arrows Group, where I'm interviewing thought leaders, senior people, um, a variety of, of uh, men and women who work in senior roles within our client base and in the fire of the market. And it's all aimed at STEM graduates, um, looking at things that are very topical, um, obviously career advice to those who are looking to get into their next job, and picking up on topics that we feel are really relevant today. Um, so I'm really pleased to have Kate Beverly with me today, who is the VP of Business and Portfolio Management at Pearson. Um, Pearson is a global learning company um, that has literally just gone through a really impressive relaunch and rebrand, I should say, and doing some really impressive things. Um, and what's also interesting is Kate Leeds, she's the co-chair of the employee of um, the Women in Technology and the uh, Resource Employee Group within Pearson, where they're doing some really impressive stuff, um, looking at things on how to improve women in technology, but also many other things. So we will cover that as part of this podcast. So first of all, a welcome to Kate. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Thanks, Charlie. Great. And we were actually saying literally before this that we, we both have young children and they may well come in and out of, of these podcasts, which is part of our homeworking life now and, and what we do. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's all part of the, di of the dynamic, I guess. So let's jump straight in and find out a bit more about you and a little bit about what you're doing within Pearson. Sure. Hi. So, um, yes, I've been at Pearson quite some time now, so I never intended to stay for as long as I have. I've been there nearly 16 years. I've had a bit of a kind of journey to get here. So my background is an art student. I've got a graphic design degree <laughs> from many years ago. Um, I came out of that. It was in the 80s when it was do what you love, you know, do what you're passionate about. Let's not worry about, you know, kind of money and career because there was plenty of it to go around well before the crashes. Um, so I loved it. I came out of it. And all I knew that is I didn't want to do that as a job. <laughs> so obviously I went back home and started to kind of apply for things and see, see what landed. I ended up working at a small company, very small company, ironically, all with women, um, working on magazines and laying out kind of craft magazine. And I was the office junior. And I, you know, in the old days when you took the post and pick cups of tea and et cetera. And I worked my way up, you know, I'll kind of, you know, I ended up being the art editor. I was running a magazine entirely myself by the end, by the time I left. Um, it wasn't super well paid. It was also in the time when I was thinking now I need to figure out how to buy a house and how to afford things. Um, and somebody, and I was also kind of the guy or the girl in the office that fixed everything. So somebody said to me, hey, if you went into IT, you could learn loads of money. And I was like, oh, well, you know, fair enough. That sounds interesting. Um, so I spoke to them and it was all kind of amical separation. And I went off and did a, a course in a massively old language now called RPG 400, right before the, um, when the world was going to end with Y2K and it's the 99 tick over for a thousand and the computers were going to stop. So there's plenty of work around. And I loved the course. It really appealed to me. I think I've got a really interesting combination of being really logical and really emotional. I've got kind of high IQ, but the logic of the programming really, really got, spoke to me. So I really enjoyed it. I use that to get a job in a kind of help desk and use that to get some other kind of programming jobs and then eventually work my way up to be kind of program and project manager. And that's when I took a role at Pearson. So I've been in that kind of project space, being the leader of projects and portfolios. And I've been in the kind of delivering and back and forth now 
uh, in Pearson over the last you know, multiple years with different managers doing different jobs and taking on different responsibilities. I've had the SOX team report to me. I had the ServiceNow team that managed our kind of help desk ticketing system. I've had communication teams report to me. So my role at Pearson has always been varied and interesting, which I think is why I'm staying. I've got children at home, you know, there's lots of focus for me, working mum and there's lots of challenges. So having a job that kind of keeps it interesting without trying to move around, it's been really blessing to me. Yeah, fa fantastic. And and as we were saying earlier, you know, you, you now ultimately you report directly into the CIO, don't you? So you've you've really gone yes. through that 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 progression. And um and I guess one of the most topical questions then, knowing that actually getting more women into technology, and it is still quite a male-dominated um, mm. uh, industry, what what have you seen? How have you seen it evolve with your career? And obviously, you've, it's, it's, it's led you to to start your the, the women in technology. What, what what have you seen over the last few years? So it's interesting because obviously now I'm co-chair of that, and it's interesting to reflect back in the time when I worked with just women, and I have worked in that environment, and it was literally just women in the office, and that is obviously different. And I've worked in a very male-dominated world in the early 2000s, where literally you were in, I was in Hewlett Packard, I'm sure I'm allowed to say, and I was the only woman, literally as far as the eye could see. If you looked across the kind of cubicle land, I was, if, I, if we all stood up, I'd have been the only woman. <laughs> I was always cold because all the boys never get cold. I was always wearing more clothes than anybody else. And it was literally like, oh, there's a woman. It was, I don't remember being treated differently, but I just remember feeling like I was, it was just me. And sometimes on a good day, that was awesome. And I reveled in the difference. And other days it was like, you know, cracky, it would be really nice if it wasn't, it wasn't like this. And then when I went, so I moved from Hewlett-Packard into Financial Times, which was owned by Pearson at the time. And that was much more, probably wasn't 50-50, but it was much closer to 50-50 than anywhere I'd ever worked. And that was really nice because then you started to see the balance. And that's where I think it started to figure out that if this is what we need. We need the diversity. You need that diversity of thought and experience. Because if you all think the same thing and have the same experience, your answers are all the same. And that yeah. isn't always how you solve things. And, and I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it, it's 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 the way the world has gone. And, and I wish it was there 20 years ago, that that, that diversity. And, and, and it's not just sex is it it's it's also mm. uh, ethnic backgrounds it's educational backgrounds it's it's uh, geos you know the more diverse you can get the the more you're going to be a forward-thinking team and and business and i think the the other thing that um, has come super prevalent to me doing these podcasts is it's not just about trying to improve diversity at the top end of the funnel because actually that's where the limited pool <laughs> is it's how do mm. we encourage and create more variety more diversity at people entering um yes. their, starting their careers who yes. will then funnel through as the, as their career progresses and, and how do we retain them in in these exactly. so they don't move on if they have children or if they have um move move geos um so thinking about what was the reason for you to start women in technology then for pearson and and, and maybe tell us a bit more about what what that initiative yes. is no, sure. And you're so right about the kind of attracting. So our, our mi mo mission in women in technology is to attract, retain and develop women. We've got to we've got to be both ends of the spectrum. We, we talk a lot about this. If we just hire people in and they go, it doesn't solve the problem. We don't get the kind of parity. And if we just develop them and then they leave, that doesn't solve it either. So it's about both ends of that spectrum, making it a place where women feel like inclusive. They feel like they want to be here. We respect them and their opinions and their ways of working and their differences. I think for a long time, we've all sat here and gone, we're not different, but we are. 
and I think that's fine. And I think some of us are more different than others. And I, I think that's that's the point of diversity. I really notice it inside the team. My team has evolved over the last year for various reasons. And there's a guy that's worked with me for a long time, and he and I think the same, which is good because it makes communication grateful and straightforward. But it means we come up with the same things. And you add other people in and you get a different perspective and different ideas and you go, ah, I could do something differently. Or they say something that sparks something for you or somebody else. And kind of that's how you get kind of great stuff going on. So it's really important. But to, to come back to your question. So we, my um, CIO is female, Mary Kay Wells. She's awesome. So she was really keen that we plug and support women. And she is absolute you know, foundation and rock in our, in our ERG. Um, so we got together in 2018 and said, look, we ought to do something for women. And at that time, honestly, I was like, we don't need to be special. We just need to kind of get on and make ourselves heard. And then as we talk to other women, it's like not all of us feel like that. Many of us feel like we would like the support, even just kind of privately, quietly to go, hey, this is difficult some days. Yeah. Now I'm really sick of getting on a call when everybody else is a man all the time. Yeah. You know, so I think we kind of as a community, we were like, OK, so some of us might not think we need it, but lots of us do. And the people who are kind of slightly more extrovert and happy to say look hey I'm a woman I'm good with that should help support everybody else so we got together and said right we're going to run something uh, obviously back in 2018 2019 we could be in the office so it was very office focused very location focused and we thought we needed to do that and have people come together and I think what's really nice lots of things have been difficult about the pandemic obviously but what's really nice is it allowed us to break break the barriers and just run the things at different time zones and involve everybody. So it didn't matter if it's only three of you, three women in an office because you could all dial into this virtual community. So it's really grown massively in the last couple of years as we've kind of gone, actually, we don't need to go. We don't need to go. You live or you're all in Raleigh, therefore you can get together. But you guys have only got three of you in Brazil, so you can't because it isn't going to work. It's been brilliant. So our membership has grown from, you know, 20, 30, 40 in the early days to 260, 270, getting close to 300. At the moment, inside Pearson, and we realised very quickly that you didn't have to work in technology. Pearson has a technology department, and then lots of obviously in the digital world, lots of technology roles exist outside technology. And very quickly, we said it doesn't matter to us who ultimately you line report to. If you do a technology type role and feel this would benefit, and you'd like the support and to be engaged, then come and be engaged. We're inclusive. And that has, I think, helped us grow. And then this year, what we're doing this year differently is that we now say we want men. If men hire, if men don't hire women, then it isn't going to change the parity. You know, if only half of us are hiring women, then that isn't going to kind of move it fast enough. And we've had so much engagement about men thinking they they couldn't be part of it. I've got yeah. people, you know, at VP level and right down at manager level saying, I've got daughters. This is really important to me. How can I help? Yeah. And we've, we've got more confident about what does help mean? We're really clear now you can be an ally. And you can kind of be on the fringes and talk about it. You can come to events. That's all good with us. And you can actively do and drive things. Yeah. And you can drive one event or 10 events, or you can be passionate about something. We can support you. And we're really open that you don't you know. Cause I think we started off, you have to commit, you know, five hours a week and, you know, to get engaged. And I think it put people off, especially when everybody's at home and there's so much else going on. So we've really evolved to go, we just come and come and do whatever you can in whatever way you can. And we're completely open to having you and, and working with you. Yeah, well, that that's great because I guess that's that's probably almost a utopia, isn't it? That that it's it's a little bit, it, it, although it's a, it has to be done. It's a shame that we have to even think about women in technology <laughs> or diversity. We'll know when we've got it right when it's actually just a fluid. There is no differences, and 
and if it's if you're a working dad and you and you're actually mm. responsible for for, mm. for child care and and that, that you've got a forum as as open yes. and supporting yeah. as if you're a mum because I, I know personally mm. working from home now I have two young children and I've realized firsthand I've missed even doing the school run is part of connecting with your children and actually yeah. I've realized there's a whole part of my world that makes me better in my job if I can balance and and not be feel like I'm yes. the, the person who has to be out you know in an office or working x number of hours a week to to supply but there's partnerships to be done and if the company can support that it it, it we shouldn't hopefully one day it doesn't even become a, a separation no I, I agree I think that is the next evolution that the men and everybody else feel like they can be their authentic selves we sort of talk a lot as women about being authentic and bringing authentic selves and I as I, I think about that I think you know other people don't feel they can either and we've created all this kind of I don't know corporate masking that goes yeah. on that doesn't help anybody really and I think working from home has torn down so many barriers because you know, you can't, I, and I don't tell my children they can't come into the room if I'm in here. I don't think that's appropriate, so I don't. And then everybody, you see the cats and pets and family members, you know, and it just it explores and allows you to have a different kind of conversation. So I, much as I can't wait to get back in the office and I, I like the hubbub, you know, I do like what it's done and I hope we can, can retain some of the good that's come from that. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we're saying it before the podcast, weren't we? It's it's almost like feast or famine. And, and so when the world does open yes. up, there probably will be a rush of everyone getting back into the office or needing that, that the, the variety. But, but hopefully mm. quite soon, life will then settle into a into a, an environment where people can mm. um I, I mean I call it a, lo- a, a work-life blend rather than a work-life balance if you can if you can make sure you you feel supported on both sides you are you're the best self you're the mm. self if you feel like you have to be a different person or different have to put different hats on whether you're speaking to your manager um and and you can't say if you're being stressed about something else versus your 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 family unit you're you're always having to wear two masks um mm. and it's fascinating very much so yeah I, yeah yeah I've had people say to me because my job you know I work for a portfolio space and governance and kind of you know rules uh, inverted commas so my job often says you know is saying no to people and that is quite a perception and I've had people say to me I love seeing your you, you and your kids hug I have a completely different perception of you now than I did have, you know, six months ago. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think it's, I think exactly. We can retain, I love that work-life blend. I'm going to use that. If we can retain (laughs) some of that, that that is going to be good, I think, for all of us. Yeah, great. And so bringing it back around um, to to our STEM listeners, because, you know, a Mm. lot of them won't have families per se, but there's still similar challenges, you know, in in regards to A, the type of companies they want to join, B, you know, not having to worry about coming to a stage when life changes and then and and they need to think commitments have you what what's your thoughts and if Pearson doing anything or, or your thoughts about how to help on board or, or make that that first step into um into your career what what sort of advice do you have or, or thoughts for for stem graduates yeah, we're, yeah, we are. Yeah, so we are doing things. We have recognised that we need to get a younger workforce. We need to create opportunities. We need to kind of give back. So we do now create roles for graduates. 
Um, we don't do a graduate program per se, where we hire a whole load of people and kind of figure out what they're going to do. But if a role we think is, you know, is earlier and you know, simple, not simple, it's a, a junior type role, then we actually go actively go and recruit a graduate and then we get them in and then we work with them to figure out what it is they want to do. I've just, I had a graduate in my team for two years that just recently went from working in my team doing some analytics and kind of portfolio um, admin type work and then has now gone into be a business analyst going to work directly with the business to have with this huge program to take something that they've got into an into a new technology and it's so lovely to see see that transformation and see them think about what it is they want to do I think it's really difficult and I didn't know and I as I've said I was a graphic design student and I've got something else so I don't think you know what you want to be possibly 16 17 18 19 20 and I think it's fine so you know take a role we would love you to come work at Pearson and take a role that you could do that within 12, 18 months, we could be having a conversation about what else and what do you really want to do and what have you seen and what looks interesting. And if that's something you do for six months and then it's something else, you know, if you're contributing and giving back and the work is getting done, that would be good with us. And again, I think that's great advice because that is literally how the world has evolved now. You know, there isn't per se jobs for life, but there is there's companies you can build a real career in and actually mm. stay a long time if, if A, the company is open to to moving to to progressing people to their strengths but as a, a person entering the job market if you are willing to learn and continually learn isn't it mm. don't don't, yes. don't just become, yes. uh don't procrastinate to become stagnant look at where you can add value and be open to adding value even if it's outside yes. of your job spec as long as it's mm -hmm within the boundaries mm -hmm. of, of, of supporting your, your colleagues or, or the, the strategy of your business, I guess. Yeah, we've, yeah, we, yes, absolutely. We, we say when we're recruiting these grads that obviously they have to have, no, they have you know, to be competent and speak and, you know, and kind of have some basic skills, but it's about the kind of personality and their willingness to engage and their willingness to take things on and see opportunities and go, oh, and, and speak up and kind of, as I say, bring your brain to work. No, don't do what I've told you. This is not McDonald's. You don't need to kind of ask the next question. And if you think there's a better way to do something or you see something that can be changed, then we, we love that. Yeah. So I think it's really important that, you know, in, in an interview, show your passion, be authentic, be honest. That's what that I love when I see people that are just, you know, enthusiastic and keen and ready to kind of take something on. Yeah. And if it's, you know, if you be honest, if it's, you know, if you want a foot in the door, say, I look, we want a foot in the door and I'm thinking that I could do this and that and the other. And I'm completely keen to roll up my sleeves and, and get on and do work. And that's, again, a really good point, because I was leading on to my next question, which is uh, the advice for graduates. How can people stand out now? I mean, they're, they're, the stats are quite, quite in, in many ways, quite scary. Just how many graduates are entering the job market today? And although the economy is recovering, it's it's an different place to, to, to meet mm. 15 years ago and 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 so to, to be able to show that authenticity to be able to show that that passion any advice from your side on, on how maybe someone could stand out a little bit when when maybe they're one of a hundred other applications or or um people yeah sure i mean short cvs one page CV as a graduate that is perfect where you know where what you, what you know what course you did what you were interested in anything that you did that was kind of extracurriculum just anything that kind of starts to build a picture of the genuine person versus kind of stats and figures I think is important um and like I said don't try and pad it out it doesn't know we're not looking for long CVs in your early career obviously um and then I think in, in an interview 
come with questions and try not to ask the kind of don't don't google and ask the questions that google tell you to ask you you know i try and think of something somebody asked me the other day if i was an animal what kind of animal i would be i loved it it was quirky <laughs> it was fun and then they told me obviously what my team what all the answers my team was given which was obviously brilliant so i think you can know, feel free to do something kind of quirky i mean i don't know i i i think it's fine and i think feel free to to be comfortable with quite a short interview I, I think, you know, you don't need to sit there. And I think if you think that the interview is good, you can go, thank you so much for your time. I hope you've got what you needed to talk to me. I think show a little bit of initiative and show a little bit of kind of spunk in terms of this is, to me, an interview is two way. It's, do I like you? Do you like me? It's not, you know, it's not one way. And I think if you go in with that mindset, I think it helps you be a bit more kind of open and positive and comfortable to just kind of be, be authentic. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I thought that's great advice. And what great questions! I think I might actually uh, include those of my uh, uh, questions on the other <laughs> way around because, uh, you know, I bet you there is definitely some nice psychology behind that and what your colleagues might have put you as uh, as how you perceive yourself. Um, great. And so, any last thoughts from you? Um, you know, for our listeners, you know, this has been brilliant in the fact that it's it's refreshing when when speaking to people. Not only walking or talking the talk but walking it so what you've implemented within Pearson with the women in technology and 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 your thoughts on graduates and and how hopefully one day it becomes this 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 just organic normal working world and we don't have to do so much focus on different things Uh, any last thoughts from you for our listeners who are who are getting really excited by this and thinking I want to join a company that, that, that that does this how do I find companies that might might embrace this or or, or what, what their first steps could be? Anything that you, you could think of? That's a great question. Yeah, we've been trying to research, and is there a brand or a kite mark that we can go and kind of attain, therefore to say to everybody externally, you know, Pearson is very pro-women and diversity, um, and we haven't kind of solved that at the moment. It's one of the kind of, it's the 21 and 21 goals for women in technology. Um, I think use LinkedIn, use ways to try and track down people and go I like those I like the sound of those people and they work there maybe that's something I should explore yeah. it's probably my my tidbit uh, well, and that's a brilliant one I think you can do so much research now on on, on companies mm. and, and you know LinkedIn is a it's not just a recruitment tool to find people it's actually a place that people can can research and, and find out cultures and initiatives isn't it so um yeah, uh, yeah, people, yeah, people, people stay at companies for a reason. So you and you can tell that in LinkedIn. So you could get an idea whether you know people are coming and going or whether or they're staying. And there's something that would tell you. Well, I think would tell you something about the culture and what yeah. it stands for. Yeah. Well, Kate, thank you so much. That has been a really, really interesting uh, conversation. And and for for our listeners, you know, it's it's probably quite a nice, refreshing podcast. As I say, the, the majority of our series, we look at emerging technologies, we look at how to hire um, into talent teams, but also to have experts who who are literally leading the way in improving diversity, women in technology, and to to see under the bonnet of some of the initiatives and and. For me, one of my takeaways is yeah, actually including men into the programme or including other people so it isn't siloed. Um, you know, I think that's really, really innovative. So, so Kate, thank you. I hope you've enjoyed uh, our show today. 
I loved it. Thank you so much for having me. And to all our listeners, that's another episode of the Future Tech podcast. And the podcast is on our website, arrowspodcasts.com. And it's embedded into our 16 partner universities, along with our Spotify, um, Apple and Google accounts. So uh, one more time for me, a massive thank you to Kate. And to all our listeners, this is another episode of the Future Tech podcast. <laughs>